0: Yeah. Hi Marissa.
1: Good morning.
2: Hiya, can you hear me okay? I can. Fantastic. How are you?
1: I'm good.
2: Yeah, good thank you. Thanks you for chat with us today. So really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm happy to do it.
2: <laughs> Fantastic. Um, have you got any questions about the recording process or what we're going to do with it afterwards, or are you happy to just get straight into it?
1: Um, my only question is: the is the video being captured? Because I just
2: <laughs> <left>. <laughs> no, 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 It does record the video and the sound as a separate file. But I just get rid of the video; don't even look at it, and just use the audio. So you're okay. okay.
1: Well, you can see me drinking my coffee and looking sleepy. <laughs> no, it's
2: fantastic! It's fantastic.
1: <laughs> it'll, it'll make me honest, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's all then. I think I, I'm good
2: excellent do you want to um so we top and tail it in a separate recording so my colleague Ray does the introduction and the ending so I literally will just be asking you the questions and then I can let you get on with your day well that sounds great excellent so um a bit about your experience with art as meditation um and explain to our listeners what this really means
1: well sure So my name is Marissa Annette Johnson, and I'm a facilitator and a political advocate and an artist. I have um, two main projects going right now. I'm I'm working on a foster care policy project with a coalition, and that's called Foster Homes of Healing. But uh, the art project I'm working on right now is pretty exciting. It's called On Recovery, and I'm working with a photographer named Liz Erin Price, and we are basically going around the city of Portland where we live, collecting stories and guiding workshops to create art, um, demonstrating people's experience with addiction in themselves or a family member, and we're putting together a show in the spring here at City Hall. So that's really captured my heart, um, which sort of gets right into uh, how I came to Art as a meditation. My um, younger brother died of a heroin overdose a couple years ago. And in the wake of that, I, I was unable to perform my duties at work. Um, and I was just, I was struggling in a pretty serious way. And I had some savings and I decided, you know, I was already working with a counselor and I had some great friends and family and, you know, after talking with everyone and really trying to struggle through um, and not having much success, I decided to take a break. And when I did that, I, I came to this crossroads I've come to before. Um, and we probably all have where, you know, I asked myself, if I could do anything, what would I do? And I heard myself say, oh, well, I would do art. And then I thought, no, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> silly. Um, and for the first time, I thought, well, wait a minute. Other people do it. I could do it. Like, I am an artist. I've been an artist my whole life. Like, what? why wouldn't I give it a go? So, yeah, so I took that time Um and I, cr- I was working out of our home, which at the time was a small uh like apartment condominium um did, had no space the kitchen and living room were kind of one little room and I was trying to have my art set up in there, and that wasn 't working so i was I was painting on my front porch and um which is also small it was like a three foot <laughs> um, and anyway, it was getting to be um it wasn't working very well. So I talked to a girlfriend of mine who had a a space available at her home. She had an attic that she wasn't using and I set up a space there. And what happened was I started getting freaked out, um, feeling overwhelmed and not knowing where to begin and feeling that, you know, who, who do I think I am? I didn't go to art school just because I've messed around with art for my life doesn't make me an expert and just really negative self-talk. And so to get out of that, I, I started um, doing a little ritual when I would get to my art studio at my girlfriend's house, I would light a candle and say a little prayer to let go of the outcome for the day. Like just help me be present and let go of the outcome. And I would, I, I, the ritual was a little silly. I would do that. And then I would turn the lights on in the studio in the same order every morning. And I would turn the music on at the same point in that little ritual. And it, it was a, it was, it got me in the zone and it made it possible for me to, um, just sort of let go of whatever else I was thinking about, just that simple act of doing that little repetitious um, movement every morning. And I, I would paint and I would, you know, I just, I had to come to some um, honest points of understanding what it was I was even trying to do anyway. Like I just had to be very honest with myself and have some acceptance around what I was trying to do. I was just trying to experience painting because I wanted to. It, it didn't, I, did, I had to let go of it should look like this. It should go like that. It should be like this. I should have this level of skill. And that was what it took. And so that meditative aspect of it was really the only way I could do that.
0: That's a, that's
2: a very interesting and honest story that you've told us, Emma. So thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. So you you said about uh, you you did painting, um, mm-hmm. but what what kind of other art have you seen in this kind of space, or what what else would work if people aren't into painting?
1: So um, Einstein said creativity is the brain having fun, and I. Part of my story, um, as I alluded to, was figuring out what actually honestly sounded fun. What did I honestly want to do? And for me, as a kind of type A um, achiever most of my life, I had this idea initially, like I should be able to do photorealism and portraiture and like I should be, you know, like that's what should be, that skill level is what's valuable.
2: Yeah, that's very ambitious. <laughs>
1: Right. And I, and then I was like, but I don't even want to do that. That's not what I like about art. That's not what I like about doing art. That stresses me out like that. That's yeah. not what I want to do. What I really wanted to do was be free with um, paint and explore abstract art. And part of that um, for me was just being really honest with myself. So I would say, you know, basically whatever, uh, whatever calls to you, um, in terms of expression without judgment, if it is the photorealism or whatever, you know, there, that can be very meditative as well. Right. It's like focusing so intently on what it is you're trying to recreate and being so precise in the, and the, um, the specificity of the, the movements and the, the color and everything that you're trying to do. I mean, the, you can find a meditative space in any kind of creation, I think. Yeah. Yes. So I think it's just, for me, um, it began with coloring and coloring books. You know, as a kid, that was my favorite. And then drawing and and doodling. And then I did some printmaking. But it wasn't until um, I really let go of the judgment I had about the type of art that I actually wanted to create, that I was able to get the most out of it.
2: Excellent. Um, and you've, you've talked to us about how kind of art and art as meditation has helped you. Do you think this could help other individuals improve their working life or their work-life balance?
1: Absolutely. Um, for me, it has had some unintended consequences, positive ones. Uh, it has really improved the way that I see myself, and I think of work-life balance now more as integration, um, yeah. and that creative experience that I regularly uh, participate in in my own you know creative works it gets into everything else that I do. And so I feel much more confident about um, how I approach problem solving. And I feel much more confident about being very authentic in the way I present myself uh, in the business realm. And then also stress relief. It's, it, it's scientifically proven to reduce stress. Um, there's been a number of articles you know, graphing the neuroscience of how that happens. And I'm certainly no specialist, but (laughs) I've read a number of articles about it. And uh, it, it also increases the plasticity in your, in your brain, um, which basically those, the neuro pathways that we create and our, our ability to um, do critical thinking and complex problem solving can be increased by creative works. Another thing too is, uh, you know, I work in politics a lot in my day job as a facilitator. I work a lot with policy interests and um, elected officials and whatnot. And in that work, there's a lot of extroversion. I am uh, meeting with people and going to campaign events and all that sort of extroverted activity and putting a lot out there. And for me, that the ability to stop talking (laughs) (laughs) having a space to like not talk and have another medium for communicating, um, another part of myself other than this kind of showy part that has to be sort of, um, in that realm of, of business. So, It it can be helpful to anyone, I believe. And you you don't really have to have any skill. I mean, that's another thing that the articles um, that I've read about, and forgive me, I don't have any of them in front of me to reference, but um, you know, that you don't have to have, it's similar to mindful meditation. You don't have to have any sort of serious training or background, and it doesn't take a lot of time for the benefits to start demonstrating themselves. So, you know, anywhere, you know, from three to four days of consistently doing a creative act can improve other aspects of your life.
2: Sounds fantastic. So it really is for everyone, no matter what your skill level or kind of background that kind of thing. Um, What would you say taking a more kind of business approach? um, What could an employee do to encourage their employees to reap the benefits that, that art as meditation can bring?
1: Well, um, if you're a leader in a business organization, I would suggest trying it yourself um, because it is it is a rather quick payoff and um, can feel really good. And I think once people have that experience, they go, oh, this might be useful, you know? Yeah. So I would suggest that. But I would also suggest as well that find out if you have an artist on your staff already, if there's a person who is exploring the arts in your um, community at work already and ask them for suggestions of how you might incorporate it. I mean, odds are they're trying to incorporate creativity into their work already, and they may have some suggestions. I know that before I started this practice, I, uh, as a, as a person working in, in a, organization, I would, I had a whole rainbow of pens and I took notes and illustrated my notes and would go back and color code things. And like, it was my way of trying to integrate um, aspects of my creativity into
2: yeah, merge, merge the two worlds.
1: <laughs> exactly. And so you may have someone there already doing it. I also, um, I know that I have reached out and had some success asking folks who have space available to use that space for a creative purpose. So like I have a girlfriend who has a business uh, called pregame here in Portland and it's an entrepreneur uh, sort of a support hub for entrepreneurs and she has a, a boardroom space and I partnered with her to do a workshop there and you know, if you have a boardroom or a room that's not used all the time, even a, f- a staff lounge or something, making that space available for an art making project of some sort would be a great way to make it available. I mean, I don't know about in the UK, but here, uh, they're in Portland, Oregon. There's a there's a wave of these sort of paint a painting in an evening classes, you know, and like yeah. wine and paint and all there's just a bunch of different ones and and so using a space like that even hiring someone to come in and do that as like a team building exercise if that's something that your organization does um might be fun and even something as simple as having whiteboards and plenty of markers around and making it clear that you know they're available for people to brainstorm and, and use creative implements to do their work.
2: Yeah, that's, it, it can really be as simple as that, that's excellent. Um, so I was, when I was researching for this podcast, I came across an article in The Guardian that talked about how a creative environment in a workplace um, and even just as much as kind of artwork on the walls can increase uh, productivity, So what do you think about this and what's your kind of experience of this?
1: I absolutely believe that. Um, I I was thinking about appreciating art. You know, as I said, I had some judgment around um, what art should be or could be and what I ought to be making. And part of that was being exposed to art. And early on, I would think, why did someone make that? You know, I had a lot of judgment around people's subject matter, their choice in color, and I would consider that, you know, when I was looking at art. And then as I started creating more work myself, I became more interested in how they had done it, you know, mm-hmm. and I would look at a piece and think, you know, which th- which colors did they lay down first and how did they get that specific look? Um and then, you know, that evolved even further into now I I like to consider a lot um what do I love about it and what do I not love about it? And the thing that has happened over time is while I've been creating art and then also experiencing art, that, that um, consideration has kind of morphed into this. I appreciate all of it. Now, the more I make, the more I appreciate it. It's kind of like, I've, if you've ever been to Cirque du Soleil, right, they are incredible athletes. They do the yeah. most, there, it's unbelievable the things that they can do with their body. And then if you've ever done a yoga class yourself and yes. then like, the the day, you have a really good appreciation for what they're able to do, it's like mind blowing, yeah. you know, here I am struggling in my downward dog and this person is like walking on their hands or doing whatever. <laughs> so, um, it's similar with art, right? It's like you can gain a new appreciation by creating art yourself. And also if you think about that, that's like, wondering how something was created or why it was created. It's, it starts, it's working on your mind. Um, and creating art, as I mentioned earlier, increases the plasticity in our, in our brain. So we form these new connections and we start to have more ability to solve complex problems. And I think if you're, if you give art some consideration, I believe that it would have that same effect.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Even kind of thinking about art is creative in itself. Got, you go through the same process as making right. it almost. Right. Um, so just to round off the podcast, Marissa, what would your top tips be for individuals who are looking to improve their work-life balance and think that art could be a way to do this?
1: Well, I would say um, work toward letting go of judgment around the art that you're interested in making.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The one way to do that is to expose yourself to a lot of volume of that type of work because what you'll find is in every genre of art there is a spectrum of skill and a spectrum of um, you know, style and that exposure might help to loosen the kind of hold that you might have on yourself that's preventing you from expressing yourself that way. So I would say um, intentionally exposing yourself to more of the type of work you would, you would love to, that you enjoy.
0: Hmm.
1: And also, um, you know, I think the integration, integrating my creative self into my work self, so to speak, and not being so bifurcated in the way that I go about my life, I, I sort of bring my whole self to every project that I work on. And that has had tremendous um, benefits to the way I see myself and my stress level and all that sort of thing. And I think that same judgment of how I should be or how I should act or what I should look like at work, um, stripping some of that away just makes every day much more comfortable. So for me, um some of the top things to do are just to gain an appreciation for myself. I think that having a strong sense of self and, um, some awareness. I mean, of course we all have plenty of things to work on, but having good awareness and building self-esteem, um, and for me also building self-esteem, all the achievement that I've managed didn't really do it. What, what has built self-esteem for me has been being of service, you know, and I, that's another thing I integrate into my work is, um, finding opportunities to do service in the line of work that I'm, you know, if I'm working on a project, um, and it brings me closer to that issue and it also fills me up and makes me feel, um, empowered in myself. So that integration piece is what i what I work toward.
2: Yeah, that that's all really, really helpful. And I'm sure our listeners can take a lot from this podcast, Marissa. Thanks ever so much for um, joining us today. It's been really insightful.
1: Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. It was a lot of fun. This is my first time being on someone else's podcast.
2: Ah, good. <laughs> You'll have to come back and talk to us again. Great. Thank you so much. No problem. Okay, so that's where I'll cut it. And then ray will uh jump in and do her kind of roundup of the whole podcast and, and finish it off that way but um thank you so much for um talking to us today yeah that was awesome thank you amazing and i don't think it will need much editing so even better from my point as well <laughs> <laughs> oh good very 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 good <laughs> all
1: right thank you so much kelsey I'll not a problem
2: have a lovely day marissa take care Thanks.
1: you too bye-bye, bye-bye.
2: Bye bye